All right, turn your Bibles to Romans 7. If it's a little scattered this morning, my notes are in between my notebook and my, uh, my phone. Now, I'm not usually liberal and use a phone, but this morning I am, so pray for me. Maybe I'll get right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, let's pray, and then uh, we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for being good to us. God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for uh, getting us here safely yesterday, Lord, to travel. And God, getting us here this morning safely. God, I pray you'd help the preachers that are coming up. Brother Mike's going to be preaching, Lord. And God, I pray you'd help him, touch his heart, give him a burden to preach what you'd have for him, Lord. And God, I pray you'd help the singing coming up, Lord, all the good things that's going to happen this week. God, I pray you'd help our hearts, Lord, and help us to be receptive to your word. God, help me to uh, give what you gave me, Lord. And God, help it to come out in order. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Romans 7, we're going to be preaching on coming up short this morning. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 7 of Rome. Yeah, Romans 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by the, that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold unto sin. Well, you see Paul there, he's pointing out the, the flaw and the law. People say, like, the law couldn't do something. And it's true. But the reason why the law couldn't do what Christ did is because the flaw was with you. But I am carnal, sold unto sin. It had nothing to do with the law. But the law didn't have any uh, imperfections. The law is God and yeah. uh, the Word. The Bible says that he became the, uh, the Word became flesh. And so there was no issues with the law. The issue was with mankind. He was sold under sin. Verse 15, For that which I do I now allow not, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law, that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will it... Is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I found not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. And you see in verse 19, you see the, there's this kind of, like, what do you mean? You want to do something, but you don't do it. Of course, we all know that. I mean, because we're Christians, we go, I'd like to do good, but I just don't do it for some reason. And so we understand what he's talking about there. But factually, when you read it, you go, that doesn't make any sense, Paul. What are you, what are you writing here? It doesn't make any sense if you read it just like for the words. But you understand it because you understand you're made of the same stuff Paul was. And that goes back to verse 15, that carnal state that you're in. Verse 19, for the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil, which I would not, that I do. Now, now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward. Verse 22, you see, he's delighting in the law. And now, you know, Paul knew the law better than any person in his day, uh, pretty much. Especially uh, the apostles, he knew it better than all. All them guys were fishermen and just regular men. Paul was a 
he was a scholar. Paul knew what he was talking about. And Paul said he loved the law. Even though he knew everything, he knew how, where he fell short. But Paul loved it. And uh, where this message came from, it's kind of a pet peeve, I'm not going to lie. Now, I don't usually preach pet peeves because pet peeves can be annoying. You know, when preachers get on a pet peeve. I don't usually do that, but, and I don't usually get on social media. But when I do, I go on certain people's, because you know how certain people post certain things. You know, that irritates you. And then you look at that, and then you want to say something back, you know. <laughs> Now, I don't have a personal account, so I can't just say things because Maddie's on my account. <laughs> so I just read them and get irritated all by myself. But uh, people say things about the law, and it kind of annoys me because if you're a preacher, and even if you're just a Christian, you're just a regular Christian, it should annoy you because you got the Bible, right? It's a perfect Bible. And then you get guys going, well, the law, you know, we're not under the law, we're under Christ. And that's true. Doctrinally, that's true. We're under Christ and the law, we're not under the law. That's true. But if the way people talk, it almost seems like they despise the law. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the law was perfect, and the issue was with you. But the modern-day thought with Christianity is, well, the law wasn't perfect. Christ had to come perfect it. And that's not true. The issue was you. Christ had to come because of you. And you were the issue, not the law. The law was never the issue. But a lot of guys, well, I don't have to live under the law. I don't have to live under these rules. People, people hate rules now, which, I mean, I hate rules too. I'm human. But, I mean, I know it's right. And what's right is rules. That, uh, listen, if a human don't have rules, humans do whatever they want. And if that happens, you get all kinds of third world countries that you get butchered up for no reason. There's a reason why this country, listen, the reason why America was great is because there was morals that came from the word of God and that people abided by. And so without that, you have a nation that we have today. You can't walk down the street without a gun. Because you might get shot. So laws are good and rules are good. The issue is you. You are sold under sin. And that's why people don't like laws. So when you hear preachers or, God forbid to preach that, but I have heard them. And God forbid you hear Christians say, well, the law, I'm not under the law. That's true. You're not under the law. You're under Christ. But listen, Christ loved the law. Christ was the law in the flesh. There. So if you love Christ, you love the law. So just don't be contradicted on that. Because listen, if you don't like the law, then you don't like Christ. So, um, verse 23, sorry. But I say another law in my members, warring, uh, oh, verse, verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. He says, when I do good, evil's there. And I mean, Pastor Ryan was just quoting this quote the other day. He said, my, repent, my very repentance need repentance of. Some preacher said, I don't know who it was, but somebody said that. Um, and that's what Paul, Paul said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil was present with me. Even when you're doing good. Go soul winning, still evil. <laughs> Go knock on, still evil. Go pray for an hour. You are a spiritual, spiritual warrior. Still evil. Isn't that crazy? No matter what you do, you're still rotten. And that's why preachers can preach at you hard, and you should just sit there and go, you're right. Because listen, no matter how good, how good you get, how many times you sit on the pews, how many times you come down the altar, how many times you put on your shirt and tie. I don't even like ties. But listen, when you're preaching, I like ties. So listen, listen, um, I do like ties. I just don't like putting them on. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but uh, listen, how many times you come down the altar, you put your tie on, you look good, you look sharp, you look just like, we were listening to a message just uh, yesterday, uh, Jim Lentz preaching. Loyalty Abishai. He talked about how he seen this fella look good, had the polished shoes, had the polished buckle, looked like a soldier, but he was getting dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't have what was good on the inside. Yeah. He had everything looking good, but he wasn't what, who he thought he was. And listen, that's what Paul's talking about. Paul said, listen, even when I'm doing good, there's still that rotten thing inside. And it's that sin. You're sold under sin. And that's never going away until you die. Until the, the flesh dies, it'll always be there. And whenever you do good, just remember, you're rotten. Yeah. 
Don't ever go, oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. Preach a good message. You go, man, Brother Clint, I'm getting pretty spiritual. You look at me. I got my tie on. Oh, Lord have mercy. Tie. I got my busted up shoes. <laughs> I'm looking pretty good. But guess what? At the end of the day, when I walk out of these doors, I'm going to go, I'm pretty rotten. Because I know who I am. Now, you don't know, Brother Clinton. You think I'm, I'm pretty good, right? I think you're pretty good. Pretty good Christians. We know who we are because we're sold under sin. And Paul understands that. That's why Paul is writing that. Uh, it's not a contradiction. It's not like, oh, man. Paul understands exactly who a Christian is. A Christian is a man that's rotten to the core. Someone that's heir to the law, and God has came down to fill that void. Um, verse 23, but I see another law in my members. And so these are the members, if you're wondering. Um, I see another law in my members. And he talks about this law. And we're gonna, I'm going to talk about these little three uh, laws in here that I found. Uh, there's a comma, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the... Uh, we'll stop at verse 24. We'll talk about that in a second. Verse 23, um, I see another law in my members. So you see this, this, these are your members, right? And you got the law of God, which he just says, I love the law, right? Because it's perfect. And you as a Christian should love the law. Now, I can get teeth. Like, so when you're reading through Exodus and Leviticus, I, everybody always makes a joke. It's, but there's some good stuff in there. But that law, it might be boring, but there's a reason why God wrote it just the way it is. Because it's perfect. And so you should love that thing. Listen, the Bible, when you open it up, you should love it. The reason why is because it's a lamp to your path. If you want to walk straight, you've got to have a guide. You go walking through the woods, you can't find north unless you know the way. But if you get somebody that knows them woods, they can take you anywhere you want. Because there's a guide. Well, listen, there is somebody that knows the way. But you've got to follow. If you want to just walk out in the wilderness, you'll just walk around circles. And, and always ask, man, I think I'm doing right. I'm not sure, I think. Well, if you want to know, you can know. Because you're rotten. Listen, your, your body wants to turn you around in circles and mess you up through life. Whether what kind of sin. I don't got to name sin because you already know it. When I say sin, you go, boop, pops right in your head. Exactly what you're struggling with. I don't got to name sins. You just, boop, immediately. When, I, when he says sin or he says sin, I go, yeah, you're right. I immediately know. I name it for myself. My conscience names it immediately and says, that's you. You're the one. That's you. Listen, that's because the law of God is written on your heart. It's written on your heart. That way, listen, when the Holy Ghost says, it's you, listen, boom. Why is the scripture there? Because it's written in your heart. It's that conscience. It, it accuses or excuses you. When you do something good, you go, ah, oh, I feel relieved. Because you did what the Lord wants you to do. Oh, man, that's good, right? That's because you did what you're supposed to do. When you do something against it, you go, oh, man, that ain't good. That ain't good. Start getting sweats. Oh, yeah. That's because that law is written in your heart. Um, so you see that law there. The law of sin is, for the wages of sin is death, right? So you see that law there. It's in your flesh, and you're sold under it. So listen, every time you get up, you're going to sin, and that's equal to death. Now, luckily, Christ took your place. If that didn't happen, obviously, you'd die and go to hell. But... He did. Um, we're going to look at a couple places. I need to open this up. Sorry. Um, now you're going to see uh, God's law. So God's law is the, the Bible. And now more importantly, uh, more specifically, it's talking about uh, the five books that Moses uh, here. But the whole Bible is the law of God. You'll read that in Psalms 119. There's a whole chapter about it, and it's a great chapter memorized. I can't do it, but Miss Nunn did it. Miss Nunn got right up. <laughs> she got up and quoted the whole thing. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so uh, the definition of a uh, standard, there's a couple definitions of standards. 
Because when I start thinking about those pet peeves, remember I told you about those pet peeves? Now listen, like I said, I, I got this from pet peeve. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm human, all right? <laughs> I got this message from that, though. These guys that are, like, I know them, and they'll be saying things like, well, standards don't really matter, because it's big fun, to, uh, you know, you know, being soft and, like, not having rules, whatever. That's, like, fancy. That's popular now, right? And so, and which is whatever. But uh, it's probably from the world, I imagine, if it's popular. <laughs> but, <laughs> um... But so you, you got all these things where you're like, oh, standards, you know, it doesn't really matter how you look. And listen, if you're not saved, it doesn't matter how you look because you're lost. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but if you're saved, it does matter how you look, all right? Um, if you're a preacher, yeah, it doesn't matter how you look. <laughs> um, so there's a couple uh, definitions of standards. And God's standard is his word. God wrote it for you, and that's his standard. He's not going to change it. Whether men and preachers, whether they change it and write new ASVs and NIVs, they can change it all they want. But God's standard has never changed. It's the golden standard, right? Um, let's read this uh, definition. Uh, a standard. The first definition is an ensign of war, a staff with flag of colors. Now, when I think of standards, I go, dresses down on your knees, like stuff like that. I think of like dress standards, right? But this, the first definition says something you fly above. Flags. So you were going to war, you throw up that flagpole and you go, they know exactly who you were. Yeah. Well, listen, as soon as God stepped out in eternity, now where he came from, you could, listen, you could wonder all about that and find out where he came from. He said he came from nothing. You never know. You could wonder all about that and where he came into, all those things. But the first thing he says, in the beginning, God. Right? So you, you fire God, and guess what? You know what he uses to create everything? He doesn't use architect. He did use it as tools, but he didn't use none of that stuff. He didn't use any other kind of tools. You know what he used? It says he spoke. So he spoke all things. That means his word held up everything. Hebrews 11 says his word holds up everything. So God uses his word. First thing you know. First thing in the Bible. First chapter. Like right after you get after all the, you know, you can read, uh, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth without form void. And you keep going through that thing, you find that the whole chapter is about him speaking. God never lifts a finger. He speaks. When he takes a rest, it's like, why would you need to take a rest? You just spoke. And maybe he's tired. Of, I don't know. He needed a drink or something. I don't know. But uh, all he did was speak. He never lifted a finger. He spoke. And that's how it happened. And listen, that's exactly how it's, listen, the word of God. In your life, you want your life to change? It's going to be by God's word. Everything's going to happen. It's going to be by the Word of God. Um, so you find that God's standard. iPhones. They're of the devil. Um, but here we are, right? <laughs> the things that I hate, those things else I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you see the flag, right? And that's something you hold up. When you're going into battle, you got the flag and you're carrying it. They know exactly who you are. And what you're... Now listen, that's a very popular thing nowadays. Nobody wants to know who they are. Everybody's got to fit in. You don't, you don't want to scare people. You don't want people thinking you're a Christian or nothing. And they'll run, you know. They don't want to be around Christians. You know how dumb that is? That's, that's stupid. That's retarded. Like, you cannot, that doesn't even make sense. Any battle, any army that ever goes in the war, guess what? They all wear specific uniforms, and they all have specific patches. You know why? Because they want to know exactly who you are. And listen, that prevents friendly, friendly fire. You don't want preachers preaching at you. Wear certain colors. <laughs> Everybody goes, why are all these preachers being mean to me? Well, you ain't wearing the right colors. We don't know who you are. <laughs> How are we going to know who to shoot, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, that's beside the point. But, um, listen, God, as soon as he steps out in eternity, and is, is, he's going to show you, he goes, this is his word. 
God throws up his flag, and you immediately know where he stands. You never have to question, go, man, I wonder what God thinks about this. Everybody goes, man, I wonder. You don't have to wonder. God gave you 66 books, 1,189 chapters. If you want to know, you can know. The question is, is you don't really want to know. You want to know, but you want Google to tell you or something, right? Well, Google can't understand the interpretation of God. So you can look up verses, though. I, I did that a lot. But, uh, but listen, God has a, has a standard, and it's the golden standard. It's God's word, and he's going to throw it up. And that's the first definition is flags and colors. You know exactly where he stands. Now listen, any good man... I know some people go, well, there's not a good man. That's, about, that's true, but it also talks about good men as far as character-wise. Listen, you want to find a good man? You know exactly where he stands. You don't have to wonder. Man, I wonder where he stands on transgenderism. I, listen, I've never asked my dad, Dad, how do you stand on transgenderism? My dad would be like, what are you talking about? Uh, what? what? <laughs> he wouldn't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> he wouldn't know what, what I was at. I've never had to go, Dad, what do you think about this? Like something stupid, like what do you think about wearing? My dad would go, what are you talking about? Wearing dress, you're a boy. Common sense, you see. Now we talked ourselves out of common sense because I, I guess we're nervous that the world's going to know we're Christian. I, that's the only way I can think of it. I guess if you don't want the enemy to know who you are, you just act like them. I guess. Oh, we got all, we got a bunch of Christians covert operations. Everybody, everybody's undercover. CIA Christians, but. Um, that's not what the Lord asked you to do. The Lord told you to throw up them flags and show where you're at. And this, a good preacher, you should know where he stands. Well, he might disagree with this. That's true, but where does he stand? If somebody believes the gap, somebody doesn't believe the gap, where do they stand? As long as they stand in the Bible, you'll be all right. You can say, listen, now if you get in strange doctrine, you're not standing on the Word. You're twisting the Word. But if you, listen, if you believe the Bible, the Bible, listen, and have a good, a good spirit, because you can get yourself all kinds of messed up. There's a bunch of whack jobs that believe this thing. And the, but the thing is, is when they're reading it, they get messed up. They go, I want to prove this. And if you come to a bi- the Bible and you go, I want to prove this, then you can find all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you give me something crazy, and I'll start reading, I can find it probably. Yeah. The Bible's got all kinds. It's got murder. It's got all kinds of things you can think of. It's got it in there. And if you want it, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. And there's guys that do that. That's why the Bible says spirit and truth. Yeah. It's important to keep your spirit. You know how you keep your spirit in check? Hello? The washing of the word. But, um, so this is the gold standard that God sets forth. Um, the next, I, obviously there's like 900 definitions. So I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to read two. Um, ver, uh, the next definition, that which is established by a sovereign power as a rule or measure by which others are to be adjusted. I was like, mm, son, are you getting any better of a point? I mean, <laughs> Webster's 1828, give them points for message. <laughs> right there. So a sovereign, a sovereign power obviously means a ruler. Now we have, listen, now we ain't Calvinists, so a lot of times we don't use sovereign. Sovereign just means a ruler. We got the great potentate, which means the sovereign of all sovereigns. So you're talking to Calvinists, he's talking about a sovereign God, you got a potentate God, which is the sovereign of all sovereigns. So. <laughs> It's just a funny thing. You're supposed to laugh, but never mind. I guess I'm not that funny. I guess I'll stick to preaching instead of comedy. Um, that, which is, that which is established by sovereign power. So God, obviously, is the, God is the ruler of all the universe. Whether you like that or not, whether no matter who, no matter what says otherwise, God is the He's the sovereign ruler. He is the ruler of the universe, and nobody can do anything about it. And so He set a law. God set the law, which is the gold standard. He created everything, but then He said, "All right, there's some things you got to live by." And Genesis three is about the easiest way you can start there. Genesis three, I'm not gonna. I probably won't read most of it, but most of you know the account of Adam and Eve. And there's a standard there. You know that? Every time God shows up, there will always be a standard. 
As much as people want to run from God, listen, God and standards always run side by side. There always will be. God's never going to go, you know what? I think you can do whatever you want. He's never going to do that. He's not, there's always going to be a standard you've got to live by. And eventually he's going to fix you where you don't have to worry about that. But you're, guess what? You're still going to be living by his standards. It'll just be, listen, it'll operate. You won't be under that sin. So you won't have something pulling you that way. But you'll still be living by God's standard, whether you like it or not, if you're saved. Um, and listen, if you're not saved, you'll live by a standard too. Hell's a standard. Hell's somewhere that you're going to go. It's a standard that God has set. Regardless, you're going somewhere that you're going to have to live by God's standards. Now, you can choose which place you'd rather go. Um, all right. Sorry, I was looking at my time. Genesis 3. Um, now, the serpent was subtle, so we get that. Uh, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, Genesis 2, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, O every tree of the garden, uh, no, no, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But, notice that? Once again, standards. God shows up, man shows up, there's going to be a standard. Because men can't govern themselves. One thing everybody knows about man is you can't, you don't just throw your kid in a room and go, all right, grow up, kid, you got this. <laughs> that kid doesn't know anything. Now, I don't know much about that because I don't have kids, but I got nephews and they are crazy. I might tell you about Braxton later, but Braxton's a wild animal. Braxton reminds me a lot of me, but he's got like a little, he's, he's a little special, so he, he acts a little crazy sometimes. Um, but uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou shalt eat, uh, thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so, boom, you get a standard, and then you get a repercussion immediately. First, I mean, first time God's talking to you, it's recorded that God's talking to Adam and Eve. He might have talked about the uh, animals, though. But first time he's talking to Adam and Eve both, he says, this is the way it's set up, and you've got to live by that. And they're okay with that for a while until somebody convinced them otherwise. And you know what? Now, this, is, this wasn't in my notes, but here it is. Um, as Brother Mike said, it came down from the heavens. Um, you know what I find, church people? You get, you, listen, you get somebody saved, right? You go out soul winning. You're a good Christian. Now, you're evil. We already discussed this. But you, you go out soul winning. You're a good Christian. You go out soul winning. You get somebody saved, right? You get them all. Listen, they're reading the Bible. They're learning scripture. They're learning doctrine. There are good Christians now, too. They're sitting on the front row, shirts and ties, looking good. Looking good, Jay. I mean, good Christian. What a tie on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with Jake. Uh, shirt and tie, they look good, good Christians. You know what? And they'll believe anything their pastor says. If their pastor says, it's good for you to read the Bible, you know what they do? They try to read the Bible. They say, their pastor says, it's good for you to wear your skirts down to your knees. It's good. They go, that's a good idea. That's what the Lord wants me to do. They'll be fine with it. You know that? Until somebody convince them otherwise. Yeah. They don't just kind of, listen, when the Word of God and the, and the man of God agrees and it's preached out like that, people that get saved, just, they're ignorant, they're, they're just ignorantly saved. We'll call it that way for, they're ignorantly saved, they don't know any better. All they knew that they was going to hell, they was going to bust hell wide open, they just got saved. They're just happy about it. You know, they, listen, they'll believe anything in the Bible, they'll believe anything that their preacher's got to say until they're convinced otherwise. By somebody smarter, somebody's got it figured out. Now listen, in, in this type, listen, God is the smartest being all. And guess what? Somebody of lower degree convinced them otherwise yeah. of something stupid. Yeah. And guess what? You know that'll happen. You'll be in a church. You'll be in a good church. Garden Eden can't get better than that. Good church, right? And, I mean, what better passion than God? I mean, you ain't getting better than that, right? And it's, listen, somebody slide in. And you, you want it, maybe it's not even your church, maybe it's on the internet, the interweb as they would call it, right? Maybe on the internet you're just watching, oh man, I'm just looking for preaching. And some stupid guy, some guy that's not even smart, 
Well, you go, man, this guy's got some slick work. He's good, man. I, but he mentions Jesus and all. He's good. And, uh, and you'll start thinking he's good. And he'll convince you, well, I don't know if that's right. And then you'll come to church and go, I wonder Brother Nathan. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. He might not have been reading his Bible this week. I don't know. Or you go, Brother Mike, I don't know about this guy. You know, what's wrong with him? You know, he's a southerner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> easy, easy now. Um, but he just, you go, I don't know about this guy. He don't shine his shoes. He probably doesn't got it right. This guy shines his shoes on the Internet. And listen, you might, and I'm not saying anybody in here, they might not think that. But listen, there's churches all over his land that thinks that. And maybe there is somebody in here. Maybe that's where it came down. Listen, somebody's convinced you, don't be dumb. Read your Bible, for one. Talk to the Lord. But there's a reason why God has put a pastor in your life. And the reason why is for you to open your ears. Open your ears and listen. And don't, listen, don't let somebody of lower degree. Did God ordain Satan to be here? Did God say, come on, Satan, come into this garden and uh, convince these folks? No, you never see that. But he did. And listen, some, some slick fellow that comes in or on the Internet... Listen, he's going to come talk to you. It's your job to be up here, tuned in. Yeah. Go, nah, that don't sound right. I've known Brother Mike or Brother Nathan for a little while. They're all right, Christian. And listen, if you find, go, Brother Nathan, can you talk to me about this? Brother Nathan, talk to you. He'll talk to you about the Bible. And guess what? Boom. Or Brother Mike, he'll talk to me. He'll be like, nah, I think you're wrong. I don't know where you got that from. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you, but <laughs> I don't know where I got that. Um, but listen, take somebody. Listen, if you know them. Listen, they've been guiding you. They want the best for you. Yeah. God wanted the best for those folks in that garden. Guess what? They messed it up. Because yeah. somebody that was not looking out for them gave them good advice. You know why? Because that advice, that advice benefited them. And you know why? Because that person hated that other person that gave them advice. Listen, there's some people that don't like preachers. Preachers that preach hard, they don't like them. So you know what they do? The people that are in here. And maybe they're not. Maybe maybe you didn't read your Bible. Or maybe, sometimes you struggle. I struggle too. Listen, sometimes I don't read my. And I hear something. I go, man, that might be right, but it's stupid, you know. And then you read your Bible and go, that's not right. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> but that's your mind. Your mind is weak. Yeah. You just forget things. I'll be like, man, that sounds interesting. I'm like, Jake, do you see that? Jake be like, honestly, I ask Jake all the time because Jake and Jake keeps me. He go, no, that's that's stupid. What are you talking about? <laughs> And, but, you know, like, it's good to have a friend to go, hey, that's stupid. Yeah. Or if you don't, maybe you don't have that friend, or if you do have that friend and they didn't figure it out, go, hey, Brother Nathan, you ever heard this? Or Brother Mike, you heard this? And they go, no, that is stupid. What? What are you talking about? And you go, I don't know. I just thought about that. Don't tell them where you go, I don't know. I must have got that out of thin air. <laughs> he had no better. He'd go, yeah, I bet you did. Thin air. Um, but, anyway, I don't know where that came from. Exodus, go to Exodus 31. Just don't, don't believe people that's, because you don't really know what people's interests are. If somebody just, oh, is so interested in why you're doing this or that, go, why are you so interested in me? Listen, you know why you're passionate. The, the Bible tells him to be a leader of the flock, all that. So you understand why that. You know why people come to church? Because they're the brethren. You understand? Somebody just starts, hey. You start to grieve. Hey, you should see here about this. Why? Why are you just start quite why? Why are you talking to me right now? <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> why are you talking to me? And maybe they're just a good friend, maybe they just want to talk to you, but sometimes they're just snakes. Snake snakes in a garden. So don't listen, don't be naive like Eve. Naive like Eve. I'm a poet. Um, don't be like naive like Eve. Because listen, she didn't she's just going through the garden, didn't think anything of it. Keep your mind on right. Adam did it because he loved his wife. 
think, use your brain. And it's, it's hard. Listen, I get it. I go through life and I'm like, why did I do that? Well, did I not use my brain there? And sometimes it just kicks out of gear, I guess. I don't know. Um, 3118, Exodus 3118. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony of tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So you see another point? God gives a test. God gives a testament, gives two tables of stone. That's Ten Commandments, if you didn't know. Ten Commandments, boom. Now, he's going to break them here in a little bit. Um, we probably won't read about that. But, you know, it is funny. Listen, you, you read that in uh, Genesis 2. And no sooner than God gives it, God disappears, and then boom. Man, just he just finds that snake, and then boom, instantly ruins it. Yeah. Watch this. Two tables of stone testimony. Tables of stone. Somebody probably already re- read down. But written with the finger of God. I was reading this last I was like, what? Next verse. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. People weren't patient, so this is what they do. They go, you know what? He must have died up there. We've got to replace him. <laughs> and they go, the people gathered themselves together up unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, oh, make us gods. They just thought it was a good idea immediately. They go from one, listen, God gives them, uh, and he hasn't even got down the mountain. He's coming down the mountain to give it to them, and they couldn't wait. That's just like the American people. I want food and I want it now. That's how I am. I get hungry. I'm like, now. I want food. McDonald's. That's how I am. Um, so I'm a lot like these people. I see myself here. Um, gods, immediately. Now they just got taken out of Egypt because of the false gods. The same things. And guess what? God's, listen, Moses said, I'm going to go up on this mountain. I'm going to talk to the Lord. And then I'll be back. And they go, I don't know if Moses, Moses probably was lying, honestly. He might have ran off. Never know. Listen, if... And that's another, I mean, that, that's another, I mean, that connects right there. Listen, Moses, being a type of the, the pastor of that flock there, I mean, it's a big flock, but the pastor, guess what? They didn't listen to him. He said, I'll be right back. And no sooner does 31 end and 32, and when the people saw. Listen, people were quick. Make a judge. Boom. The Bible says, wait. The Bible says, wait on the Lord, right? Be patient. Be patient. You know why? The Bible, God is long-suffering with you, right? He's patient. You know why? Because you were just like me. Sold under sin and do not do what you're supposed to do. Just twiddle your thumbs and drag your feet. That's how we are. And listen, these people were quick. We're quick to do something wrong. Never to do right. We're always quick to do something wrong. You go, go give that guy a try. Go, Lord, I don't know if you want me to do that. Man, I'll have to pray about that. I'll think about it, you know. Right? Here you go. That sin comes up, you go. And you do it, and you go, Lord, I'm sorry. And the Lord goes, why didn't you pray about it like you prayed about soul winning? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe we could have got something worked out there. You could have thought about that a little bit. But humans aren't wired. That Humans are wired. They're under sin. They're under that bondage. And so you see that here. Immediately they go, well, Moses must have lied to us. I guess we won't worry about that. Listen, Moses was in tune with God. Moses was getting directly from the Lord. Listen, preachers, I mean... But when I think of a preacher, when I sit down and go, all right, preacher, preach to me. I, I mean, I'm expecting him to get something from the Lord, mix it up the way he's going to mix it up, because it's going to come out the way he has, you know, how, the way his attitude and who he is. And then he's going to dump it out on you. There's mean preachers, there's nice preachers, there's sweet preachers, ugly preachers. There's all kinds of preachers, right? Fat preachers, skinny preachers, all kinds. There's all kinds. Take, take your pick. But there's all kinds. But listen, I expect them 
Their job is to get something from the Lord and then bring it and then expound it. That's the job. Last night we listened to Jim Lynch, and Jim Lynch is rough. He sounds like a growling pit bull the whole time. He's like that. And just, I love that. I love that stuff. But some people don't like that. If you don't like that, go get a nice preacher, a sweet preacher and just, you want to listen to. Um, but this is the preacher God gave you, and that's the preacher God gave me. So I'm going to listen to them. Right? I listen to Brother Nathan all the time. Listen, listen to those guys. Get something. they got plenty to say. And if they, you didn't get enough on time more, go, Brother Nathan, what do you think about this? What do you think about Genesis, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. And you got 1,189 chapters. You say it, and he'll sit down and go, well, and he's been reading his Bible, he'll go, and he'll start, he'll give you all kinds of stuff, and you'll go. You'll sit there for four hours like Brother Mike. Brother Mike, Brother Mike sit there four hours, <laughs> give you everything you ever heard on that uh, chapter. So listen, do that if you're not good, if, you're, if you, you need more, just ask. Listen, the preachers, their whole life is to get stuff from the Word and just sit there and wait. And just wait, just wait, wait. And then they get a chance, boom, go. It's like, it's like one of them like racing dogs. Go. And then you get your whole like, eh, go. That's how preaching is. You just sit there, sit there. You spend a whole bunch of time reading something, and you're just sitting there. Just ready to go. Just waiting to hear go. Um, so you see people, and people are that way too. They see sin, they're like, and they go. Right towards the wrong thing. Every time. That's why it compares us to sheep. You know why? Because we just do dumb things. We just sheep. Have you ever been around a sheep? They just they walk right into an electric fence four times. Just burr, burr, burr. They just do it. They, they are just do. That's why. Listen. That's why God compared us to them. It's a shame, but that's how we are. I'm saying weak is me. Me. I know me better than anybody, and I'm that way. You ask my dad. He'll go. That boy. He didn't get much for brains. But what are you gonna do? Um, go to Second Samuel. Second Samuel 11. Um, and you find these people break the law immediately. And um, so you see God's law. Second uh, Samuel 11. Not, you don't even have to turn there. I'm going to just tell you the story, honestly. Because um, it's 1040. So you see the... Uh, 2 Samuel 11, you see David, David's, where he's where he supposed to be. David was supposed to be out with the kings, right? It was time when kings were to battle, right? Now, David knew the law. David, David knew the law probably better than anybody in here because he had to write it. Like, the kings had to write the whole thing out. And so if you ever wrote something, I mean, you're going to know it. And then he had to read it. They had to study it. The king had to know it for judgment. And so uh, David knows the law, but guess what? You know what happens? David's up on a housetop. Shouldn't have been there. That's where he was. And listen, a lot of times you're going to find yourself somewhere you ought not to be. And hopefully the word of the Lord, but sometimes it doesn't. And then boom, you make a decision. Bad decision. Shouldn't have been there. The first decision was go where you're supposed to go. Be in the battle. That was the first decision. You messed that up. And then there was another decision. And so he chose sin. And listen, you, if you put yourself in bad situations, you will always choose the bad situation. Just, just trust yourself to choose the bad situation. Go. What would I choose in this situation? Go, what's the worst decision? That's me. That's, yeah, that's, that's me. And listen, maybe you're a better person. Maybe you're a better Christian or better character. Maybe I got terrible character. <laughs> Just confessing my faults. Uh, but listen, I know me. If I give myself the, the situations, I have to put standards. Listen, God has a standard here. And if you put standards, if you read through your whole Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, God talks about raising a standard to protect Israel. And the reason why he did that is because Israel, just like us, we mess up. We choose the worst decision. If there's a decision, they choose the worst one. That's how Israel was. Immediately, God's, oh, God's, oh, yeah, let's do that. Golden calf, that sounds good. They got a smoking mountain. They're like, 
ah, there's probably nothing going on up there. Probably a tornado or something. What, <laughs> what, what did you think was going on? But chose the gods, right? Um, and listen, that's how we are. We'll be like, Lord will be doing something in your life. You'll be like, eh, probably nothing going on there. I'll go over here and just mess up my life. That's how, listen, that's how Christians are. And that's why you've got to put standards between you and bad things. People go, well, we don't need that standard. No, you're right. You can live without a standard, but that's just not how humans are. God knows exactly how humans are. You know why? God gives you ordinance and goes, listen, don't do this. You know why David was supposed to be there? That's where he was supposed to be. And you know what? He messes up because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And you as a Christian, if you're not where you're supposed to be, I don't know if I'm going to come to Sunday. Sunday's kind of boring. We have this boring fellow from Delaware up there. He's going to be talking. And then Brother Mike's going to get up there. And he's going to preach. Listen, some people think like that. I know people think like that. I have people in my family think just like that. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm like, dude, what? Like you do like the most random stuff all week. And then church is just too much to bear. I'm like, come on, guys. What are we doing? That's how, listen, that's how humans are. They're sold under sin. And guess what? You're just that way. That's why you need to set standards. Standards, God has standards. God, standards set up the whole world. The standard is the word of God. That's what holds up the whole world. The Bible says his word holds up the, guess what? His, 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 listen, his word, if you apply it to your life, will hold everything in place in your life. You want to know why your life's falling apart? Put more of God's word in it. Memorize some scripture. When you think of sin, guess what? Those scriptures will pop in your head. And you'll either yield or you'll go, nah. And you'll just turn on your blinker and go the other way. And then there'll be repercussions immediately. The Lord will be like, that was dumb. That was, yeah, I told you. And then you'll be like, yeah, you're right. Immediately you'll go, yeah, you're right. Because listen, people are like, I'm like a little kid, man. I find myself, um, Braxton, I got a little nephew, I'll tell you about it, because 44. I got a little nephew named Braxton, right? And he is crazy, like crazy. Like, imagine me, but this tall and just wild, just eh, like that, like on like electricity all the time. And, but he's like the funnest kid to ever be around, like, because he's got like, he's a little special. So he's like always fun to be around. Like, no matter, the world could be falling apart, tornadoes and everything terrible, and Braxton's just living life, playing Ghostbusters. Always, right? There's a ghost everywhere, right? And so, yeah, he's crazy. So he sits with me in church because he's a wild animal, right? Like he, when he gets in church, he's just like, everybody's going to sit down and he's like, he doesn't play by those rules, right, usually. So I have to like, I have to keep my hand like this. And then it's because if he gets up, I can grab him and pull him back to me, right? And so now, at this point, me and Braxton, like, he knows me. And now when he was little, it was tough. It was real tough. But now he, I go, Braxton, just chill out. We'll do something fun later. He's like, okay. So he can kind of understand uh, church now. But he still acts crazy sometimes. Um, and so he'll just be acting crazy. And he is crazy. Like, I mean, crazy. Think crazy, and that's him personified. He's like the Tasmanian devil as a kid, right? Awesome. It's awesome to be around when you're not in church, but when you're in church, you're like, you're, you're trying to hold it together, right? <laughs> trying to be a good Christian, <laughs> right? And so you're, you're sitting there. But guess what? You know, the, I was telling the fellows this morning, the Lord has taught me more through Braxton than any person on the planet. Braxton's taught me more than any person on the planet. Because every time I go, it's like immediately the Lord goes, yeah. I know the feeling. Like it's like I hear that. I hear that verbally. Yeah, I know the feeling. And I go, yeah. I so I, I I find it hard. Sometimes I'll get you know mad or whatever and go and just get. And I'm, I'm sorry because then I feel dumb because the Lord's like, man, imagine if I dealt with you like that. And I was like, and I'm like, you're right. And Braxton, I mean, he's already turned the page. Immediately when he walks away, he's like, 
no matter what happened. <laughs> he's just living life, right? But you got to say sorry. And he's like, oh, it's all right. I love you, Uncle Earl. It's just like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's ready to move on to the next thing, right? And so Braxton's taught me so much. And I'll be sitting in service. I'll be like, Braxton, please relax. Just, do, just sit here. And he just gets up. I'm like, no, I said, sit down. And he goes, no, I'm going to stand up. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I say, sit, you stand. I'm like, what? And I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know, seriously. But immediately, the point is, the Lord goes, immediately, he goes, that's you. I tell you this, you do this. I tell you to do it, you do this. I tell you to be good, you do this. And then, like every Sunday, this teacher's like, hey, Earl, can you come down to the, the big Joe? Be like, hey, Earl, Braxton. I'm like, Walking down there, or Big Joe have him in the kitchen. I'll have to come down there. Braxton, what are you doing? He's like, I, and he just makes up something random. Just absolutely random you've never heard in your life. Barely English. And I'm like, okay. And so, but listen, and the Lord goes, that's you. Just something random. Doesn't even make sense, but there you are. Pulled out of class. Couldn't stay. That's me. And, and, I mean, and now, like, he's getting to the point where he's like, he's starting to, and it's crazy because he doesn't understand much. But, like, um, like about as far as like, because he's like I said, he's crazy. But like when he gets in church now, he's starting to like, he doesn't like sitting still. Like when the preaching's gone, he's like, you know, wild. So luckily he goes down to junior church. But when the singing goes on, it's like he understands that, right? And so he's, he, sits down, he sits next to me for like the last years. Like ever since he's little, he's been sitting next to me. And so the choir get up and start singing. And he'll be sitting there. And I'm like, I mean, Brother Jones sits in front of you. You ever met Brother Jones? He is awesome, especially in the service. He's like, wow, just like, wow, man, it's a good time. And so I sit right behind him because I'm like, anytime that's going on, I'm trying to be right there with him, right? And so uh, and, and sometimes I'm like, whew, I'm feeling, and Brother James starts shouting. I'm like, well, I like it. It's, it's contagious. That's why I like being around. So I sit right behind him, right? So he starts shouting, and then the choir starts singing. It's it be singing good. I think like two weeks ago, it's singing good. And so I start shouting, like, and, like, I'm tunnel vision. So, like, I got a bunch of kids on the bus route. I don't even pay attention to them when it's quiet. So, luckily, a lot of them go up there, but I'm just, like, I'm just, like, <laughs> completely, like, so luckily there's, like, helpers and other stuff that, like, help them out and stuff because I don't. <laughs> I, I, when choir's going on, I'm just completely just, like, <laughs> but, I, I mean, it just happens. I don't know. Um, but Braxton's in there, and I'll shout, and then all of a sudden I'll hear this. It is the craziest thing ever. He'll be like, and he can't pronounce words really that good. But he like, like he just yells, praise the Lord, like he just shout amen. And I'm like, and it embarrasses me because it embarrasses me when I shout. Because I'm just like, I'm like, oh, scared to death inside. I know I'm 6'4", but like I'm scared to death on the inside all the time. So like he yells, I'm like, I'm just like, I can feel it. And I'm like, man, that's probably how I make other people feel when I'm sitting next to them. But listen, inside the Lord goes, like, even though, like, how crazy I am, and, like, you are, you're crazy just doing dumb stuff. That's how we are. So we don't understand, right? Listen, we pick up things. And I seen Braxton. Braxton, even though he doesn't like to listen and he doesn't do anything usually right in church, when it choir, he understands. He understands. That's good. He says amen. And shouts. Like, shouts. He is not scared. Shouts amen. Hallelujah. Preacher starts. And Brother Mike's going crazy. He's going down the aisle. Braxton starts shouting. I'm like, and that's when I get real red in the face. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Because it's like quiet, and he's like, yeah. But listen, the Lord should, like, that, like, it's the little, like, those little things, like, he's picking up things, because he's watching. And me, in my mind, he goes, now ah, you're picking up things. I read the Bible, and I start picking up things. I'm not real smart, but I'll, I'll start reading the Bible, and I'll go, man, that's good. And maybe the Lord feels just like I do. I'm like, like I said, yeah. Maybe that's, listen, you as a Christian, you want to make the Lord proud, and you want to make the preacher proud? 
Read the Bible. Learn something, and then when you do something, they go, yeah, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you don't think God does that? God rejoices over one sinner in heaven. God made everything, and God's just as personal with you as he is the next person. Guess what? Believe me, when you do something right, he goes, I like that. You can lead somebody to the Lord, he goes, mm-hmm, right? He's up in heaven. He's got a whole choir singing to him. He's ready to go. Think of the best shouter, and listen, God is ready to get a worship service on. The only issue is, is you. You're the issue. Now, you got to get in tune. Um, so go back to Romans 7, and we're about to finish up. Like, we got like one more verse. So I told you that about Braxton because I find myself there. The Lord shows me myself in Braxton. <laughs> it, it's crazy, but he really does. Um, uh, go to Romans 7. The last two verses. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Um, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin, right? So he says that. Uh, now we know that uh, John 1 says, uh, John 1 says, it says that the word was became flesh and dwelt among men, right? So God, you see the standard, right? The standard, this is what God flies. This is the flag God flies. He always flies this. Listen, also the standard is something that you have to be adjusted to. You see that? The five books of Moses, right? So that is the standard of God's word. You couldn't live up to that. That's why Christ came, right? So Christ, when he comes... He embodies the Word. The Bible says the Word became flesh. You want to know Jesus' name in heaven? It's not Jesus. It's the Word. So He became flesh. You couldn't live up to Him in Scripture. So guess what? He had to come in flesh. Right? So He comes in flesh. And then, so the next thing is the rules. How do you live up to that? How does Christ, how does He close that gap? Uh, Romans 8 uh, let's just start reading one. There is therefore no, no, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law. Now he just said that only, you're living in the flesh, you're sold under sin, you're done, you're toast, you got no chance. And then he says this, there is now no condemnation. Boom. As a Christian, you should go, man, I got in, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that was a long time, Paul. You held me out there over the fire. <laughs> Listen, then he comes in, starts reeling you back in. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, for a whole chapter, he's done told you, listen, you're done. It's over. There's no chance for you to live right. Zero chance. And then he says, but now Jesus Christ came and he lived. Listen, the reason why he could live up to that standard is because he was the standard. And uh, Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do, and that is weak through the what? The flesh. The law wasn't weak in no other area but the flesh. So you know what he had to do? He had to wrap himself in some flesh. Listen, he had to get rid of your flesh because your flesh was the issue. And he got on some godly flesh, some divine flesh, and he lived out the life that you were supposed to live, and then he had to die a terrible death like you were supposed to live. And that's the only way it could be. The only way you get to heaven is through the flesh of the word. That's the, only, the weak part was the flesh. And that's the only way you could get it is if Christ came down in the word and wrapped him in flesh and then brutally killed him. That's how God, God had to do that. God had to break the law. I was going to name the message, the only time God broke the law was when he was on the cross. It, it pleased him to bruise Christ because of you and because of you. That's the only way. God had to break the law through Christ, but it had to be perfect flesh, so he had to wrap himself in it. And so, listen, if you want in, you're going to have to come through Christ. You go, well, I'm already saved. I'm already good. Listen, if you want in life, listen, if you want your life to stop falling apart, you want to live a Christian life, you want to be able to do right, 
Listen, you're going to be messed up. You're going to be, listen, just like Braxton was talking about, you're going to be goofing off in church every single Sunday. Never break off. And you might do right every once in a while, and the Lord will be like, yeah. You'll do wrong, guess what? Lord will go, that's all right, I'm long suffering. And listen, he'll let, listen, he's not letting it go. But you came through the sun. And when Christ looks at you, he doesn't see you or your mess ups. He sees Christ in that flesh. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being good to us. God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for uh, giving me the words to say. God, I pray you'd help the hearts and help my heart to receive it. Let us use the words of God to live a good life and a Christian life. And God, let prepare the preacher next. Lord, God, I pray you give him the words and the wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.